back to our podcast series. This is going to be our last episode. Our chapters 31 through 38 are last podcast chapters of the book. So what do we think? think? This was a good book. I think I enjoyed it and I really loved the um, more storytelling take that uh, the author took near the end of the book, uh, beginning last podcast, which I'm sure we talked about. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really, really enjoyed that. Agreed. I think it was informative as well. The first chapter that we read read was chapter 30, yes? 31. 31, okay. Great, because that's where I'm going to be starting. (laughs) So on page 250, um, Deborah is saying that her mother's story is not about racism, And I think that is a huge step in the right direction because it's simply remarkable that she would come to that conclusion on her own. But to be clear, racism is still a huge cause for a majority of HeLa cells' story. But there's plenty of information about the cells and not enough about Henrietta, whose story needs to be told, whose story is unjust, with or without the poison of racism. So without racism, it's still very unjust and it still needs to be told. So I think it's very, very awesome that <laughs> I I think that's a very strong but. point. I wrote that I wrote that point down as well. I thought it was really interesting in the beginning chapters, the same um pages two fifty and two fifty one, that there's a point in where things could easily be made about racism and that could have been an easy way out to gain any attention or um peace peace almost but um it I thought it was really cool that oh it would have been the easier way out for their families to blame what happened on the problems of racism mm-hmm. but Deborah didn't want any of that she wanted a thorough explanation that had nothing to do with white or black or race racism okay so the Marvel character connection with Gila so that superhero seems like it is very, very much inspired by Henrietta or Hilo Cells, considering the superhuman strength responsible for plagues and sicknesses and immunity to most things. It has to have at least been inspired, whether or not it was credited, because, oh my goodness, that is very, very, very close to Hilo Cells. That is really cool, really cool. Mm-hmm. I also really liked seeing um, Deborah start warming up to the author, Rebecca mm-hmm. Scoot. We start seeing that. She'd start, like, calling her her, like, calling Rebecca her reporter and joke around more often. And she was more relaxed around her. She didn't, I saw that she didn't fully trust her yet, but we've come a long way, I saw. Mm-hmm. And um, even with that, I, I just think, poor Deborah. I find it really interesting that she says, um, here, it's on 256, page 256. I don't know all of what's wrong with me by name, she said. I do know if anyone, I don't know if anyone do. All I know is when I get in that mood and I get frightened, I hide. So it's bewildering to me that she is so level-headed and logical about the situation, especially considering the family's past and her current medical issues like paranoia, schizophrenia, anxiety, and depression, which heavily affect a person's critical thinking and make it easier to make opinions based on emotion, 
And yet, she is very, very logical about this. That's very right. I remember reading that, and um, it, it was obvious her family had been through a lot, especially especially Deborah. Um, but it, it made me realize, or realize again, brought to my attention again, how much, how much this like took on her. I definitely felt something for her there, and that was pretty horrible. So on a completely different note, um, on page 266, the entire Kristoff Deborah interaction is just so wholesome, and I loved it. it the so fact that it was someone who is actually trustworthy working at this place full of what who has been considered for years by the family untrustworthy people. I just mm-hmm. think that's amazing. It it it's just that whole um, last part of page 266 is just wonderful to read it was it made me smile while reading it i also i think we already this is a completely different topic but i think we kind of already knew this and started seeing it because it was mentioned several times all throughout earlier in the book that deborah and her family were a little spiritual um but i think this is the one time um this last part of the book where we really started getting into that this like theology and spirituality yes, of the soul like cleansing. their decisions yeah 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 that's like at the very very end yes um i'm gonna go i'm gonna point out one thing before we get to the soul cleansing is that okay yeah. okay so the um pneumonsolography solo- i believe is how it's pronounced um it was the state of crownsville and the pneumonsolography that they would uh administer on patients that whole Elsie story, basically, um, around Crownsville. Might I just say that is a horrible, horrible thing, and it was very demeaning and dehumanizing. And the whole situation with Elsie, I won't get into it too much, because I'm sure if you read it, then you know what I'm talking about. But it is just, it made me sick to my stomach to read. And then over to soul cleansing. (laughs) So whether or not it was true that Gary had God speaking through him, that was exactly what Deborah needed to hear. And I think that that Mm -hmm. is a good choice by him to use that. Whether or not you believe in God or a higher power in general or that they could speak through a person, that was still a really, really good thing for him to do. And it helped comfort It was, um, I'm going to go as far as to say that Deborah probably had spirituality as a constant in her life. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's very, very important when people are going to have things like panic attacks or manic episodes to have constants and remind them of those constants so that they don't feel as much like they're grasping at straws to hold on to something. Um, as someone who has been through similar things, it is very important to have constants, and that is a very, very um, prominent portion of the soul cleansing chapter. Mm-hmm. I think that was a huge shift, this chapter from um, Elsie's story. It was just something that really stood out to me. One thing that um, I'm sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit, but back to the Crownsville thing um sorry not crownsville thing the crownsville hospital and the horrible situation there 
back to that, um, I'm only going back to uh, read out a quote by the um, the archive, like the archive person there, the person who kept care of all the uh, files and everything. He made a quote that I think is very, very prominent throughout the rest of the book. And um, I will read it out for you. I don't remember which page this is on. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is the quote. You have to be prepared, he told Deborah, his voice gentle. Sometimes learning can be just as painful as not knowing. And this is proven immensely accurate as Deborah learns more about her family. She had severe confusion, panic, and physical side effects to the stress of learning. So mm -hmm. it was true that sometimes learning can be more painful, if not just as painful, as not knowing. That was a good point to be made. So another quote that I thought was interesting, I believe this is from a different chapter, but um, this is a quote that I thought would make this whole podcast series come full circle. Mm -hmm. um, and it is. But I can tell you one thing. I don't want to be immortal if it means living forever. Because then everybody else just die and get old in front of you while you stay the same. And that's just sad. So, do you remember in the first episode when I asked you if you could be immortal, would yes. you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, at the beginning of the book, this was very much a question in scientists' minds. And by the end of the book, we had our main characters... Coming back and saying that they would hate to be immortal, mm -hmm. which I can't help but feel a little bit of pride because that's exactly what I said. That's yes, um, nice we agreed in that episode that being immortal would be horrible, horrible, <laughs> awful. It would be watching people you love die, um, and even if you find new people, they'll all die because you're mm -hmm. immortal and. Mm -hmm. It is impossible to have a full life when you have forever to do everything. So yes. nothing seems impending. Uh, nothing seems dangerous. And it's, it's a sad life if you're immortal. Um, and then considering that this person said this, I just think that's a good connection to the that first episode. Really good connection to be made. Mm -hmm. Before we wrap it up, though, I want to mention I really, really like the ending, um, the where they are now in the mm, cast of yes. cast of characters and the timeline, chapters, of or like parts of the book towards the ending. I feel like I never really see that in books. I thought it was really special. Um, it was a great way to wrap up the book, and overall, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed this book. I learned a lot. I learned a lot um, about her, her family story. It's a lot of science-y stuff, mm -hmm. too, mm -hmm. no technical grounds. I think it's super important to have the Where Are They Now uh, chapter, because without it, um, reading this book, it's such crazy instances that happened that really happened to these people that you can't help but um getting lost in the middle and your brain automatically taking in the information as fiction yeah so bringing it back to reality with the photos 
and the where are they now by the end is super important to emphasize to each reader this actually happened and these people are still suffering yes. and that is just um a very very smart thing to do by the author i think i think it brought back um full attention to each character of the family i really um <laughs> i really enjoyed that reading that seeing that in the book yeah well i think that will wrap up our podcast series i'm kind of sad that it's ending me too i i really did like this book Mm -hmm. but as i always say don't be sad that it's over be happy that it happened (laughs) so um we hope you enjoyed thank you for listening yes and um hopefully there's more good to come yes uh I hope there's more books similar to this. Um, So everyone who's listening, go out and try to help these people. These people are still suffering, and there are ways to help. And I should have done more research into how to, but this is your uh, call to the audience. Go and research ways to help. Okay. Well, this will be our final sign-off. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, and we hope you enjoy. Thank you.